Simplified Chaos, episode 170. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. everybody welcome to simplify chaos this is jillian one of your hosts and i'm with my husband and co-host nicholas what's going on folks we hope you all are having an amazing week we've got another great episode here for you today this one is an interview episode jilly who did you get a chance to speak with this time yeah so i sat down with Alyssa wolf she actually reached out to me and wanted to share her story so she is a mom of five an introvert god follower and perpetual bookworm she has 12 years of experience balancing multiple kids while still getting time to recharge so she specializes in de-stressing de-stressing hashtag mom life so you can reach super mom status with ease. So yeah, um, yeah, she has some great strategies since she is a mom of five, and hopefully it'll help us streamline some some days at home. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for this conversation. Let's go ahead and dive into it. Here's Jill's interview with Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jillian. Thank you. I am so pumped for our conversation and to learn more about you and your life and your work. Um, but before we dive into all that, we always like to start each episode with gratitude. Uh, so if there was one thing you were grateful for today, what would that be? My birthday was yesterday. Yay! Happy belated birthday! Thank you. <laughs> Did you do anything for to celebrate? Oh, I got to eat one of my favorite kinds of Greek yogurt, and then my family said I didn't have to cook, so we got pizza. Oh my God, that sounds that sounds magical. Mm. Well, that is awesome. Um, one thing I'm grateful for today is uh, so well one for you, like making time to and space to to come talk with me, and then also one of my neighbors. Uh, graciously volunteered that if she wanted me, uh, so I have one daughter, Lucille, she was like, you can drop Lucille off of my house if you need like an hour. And I'm like, yes, I will accept all the help. So I dropped her off today for about an hour and I was able to talk to my mom, go for a nice little walk. And I cleaned the bathrooms and I'm like, I feel like a new person. It's amazing yes. what 60 minutes without my daughter can do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. So we're going to jump right into it. I would love for you to share with our community a little bit about yourself. Um, you can start wherever you want and just how you arrived to be living the life you're living today. Sure. So shortly after our fifth baby was born, I'd heard about the online business and was like, this is my chance to make an impact before all the kids leave the nest. So I don't have to wait for 17 years. So I took a step out in courage and began my work from home plus homeschooling journey to help other moms simplify their lives. Wow. So you said you have five kids. Yes. Holy moly. Where, where do you live? If you don't mind me asking. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay. So what did you do before, before your, the kids started arriving? Were you working at all when they were born or did you stop working when the first one was born? Nope. I hadn't worked. I got pregnant three months after we got married. So. Wow. That's amazing. How's homeschooling going? Pretty well. 
Yeah. Doing some high school planning for the oldest and then the youngest who aren't really in homeschool yet. They're just kind of in that pre-K-ish phase. So I really only have three to homeschool right now. And so how old is your oldest? 13. Oh my gosh, man. So you're mothering hard. Like you're a professional now. (laughs) You've had a lot of wisdom to, to like help other people. (laughs) I feel like I'm still in the middle. You know, I need to like graduate summer from high school before I can say I'm experienced. (laughs) Awesome. So did you, what were you doing before you got pregnant? Did you have any type of work before then or like any passions or anything. I know sometimes it's interesting to hear what moms did, what their hobbies were, what they're passionate about. And then like when they have kids, it kind of all changes and like it pivots in a beautiful way. So I'm just curious. No, I was the same person. Um, I had, I needed to take driver's ed and finish up two college courses for the degree because we hadn't had time to get that in before walking for graduation. So. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So how did you find, so I was looking at your website and I'm so grateful that you reached out and was like, Hey, um, I listened to these episodes. I can resonate with this and would love to chat more. And I was like, yes, let, and I was like, like stalking your website and Instagram. And I'm like, all of your words, the things you were saying, I was just like, yes, yes. All the, all the nods. Like, I agree. I agree. And you had this, um, so you're all about, what is it like the super mom? I love that. You're all about like making moms, the super mom, like to me, like my version of that is like the badass mom. So I, I, we, we cuss here just so, you know, it's like a little bit here and there, but anyway, I don't really hold back when it comes to that, but you had this post that I read, it was the sustainable minimalism post. And I just want to read a little bit of it because, because I want to chat with you about it. It says, and that means we have to step up to the plate, ruffle a few feathers and change the way things are done around here. And when I, so when I was like, picturing ruffle up a few feathers. I'm thinking about like the way that we're deciding to live very intentional and it's very against the grain. It's very not like what society is like kind of programming us to live where it's by this, you need this, you need this food. This is what's, you know, mainstream. So, and then I was reading some of the bullets you had about like, you know, no more kids getting off free on tidying up. Uh, no more, keep all the presents you ever get rules. And then no more mommy comes last thinking and all of those like, yes, how important they are. They're like these simple actions that I feel like add up to be so much more in our life. And I would love for you to chat more about like tidying up, like the kids, the chores, you have so many great, so much great content about chores and delegating things. So I would love for you to speak about that. Like, what has that experience been like with you, with all of your children? definitely been a journey. So I knew that I would be bringing my children into chores from the beginning, but I figured I wasn't going to be the mom who ran around teaching her two and three-year-olds how to make their beds. I was like, okay, we'll just wait till they're like kindergarten age. And then I feel like they'll be able to do something and actually complete a task and not, oh, look at you. You're so cute, but I have to help you do everything. So I gave myself a break even while saying I was going to do it. And just made it easier. And then I picked the really basic things, you know, like you have to take your plate to the dishwasher for me. I don't clean up after you. Your clothes go in the laundry basket. You will drive your laundry basket to the washing machine when mommy is doing laundry. That kind of personal responsibility, autonomy, mommy's not your maid. Mm. And then now that I have five kids, Around about eight, I noticed they get start getting way more capable. 
and they like want to be in the kitchen and they want to use the knives. They might want to try the vacuum cleaner and they certainly want to try spraying cleaners everywhere. <laughs> so like about eight, I'm like, all right, you are going to get a crash course in all the things and we'll figure out what stuff you catch on to quickly and what stuff you're like, mm, you might need a little more muscle power for the vacuum cleaner or you're totally not getting this and you know how to do three other things, so let's just not sweat this. <laughs> And to be fair, sometimes it's the older kids teaching the younger ones. They're like, hey, I'm going to go clean bathrooms. You want to come along? Oh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> I'm just like in awe. I was going to say that's got to be a, a tremendous benefit of having multiple children is like they get to learn from each other versus like always learning everything from you. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you made this great instructional video business-wise that your kids just get to watch magically because you've already taught one. It's like this ripple effect. Like they get to see the same thing and they get to see it. Um, yes. But that's awesome. I love the idea of starting small. And I know it. that's probably like the hardest part is just like taking the time and energy to like help them do that. Like, it's not an easy thing that they're going to get right away. It's like a lot of repetition. Like, let's drag the laundry basket. Let's do this. But the whole like autonomy, personal responsibility. And I love that you said crash course because it reminds me of like, you know, when we're older, we want to take a course on something. It's like, why not take a crash course on a real life skills? Like to me, that's like the main thing is like, you know, besides like love, kindness, you know, trust, it's like personal responsibility, like how to take care of yourself, how to take care of the people around you, of the house you're living in and how mom isn't your your housekeeper. Like that's, yeah. I mean, wouldn't every mom want that for sure? Holy cow. So do they do like, what are some of the responsibilities they do now? And like, is there ever a time where the kids are like, I really don't feel like doing this. It's not fun, mom. Like, do you have anything for like, um, intrinsic motivation or to gamify it and make it fun? Like, do you have any tricks up your sleeve for when they're just like, I really don't want to do it. Yes. They're definitely in don't really feel like it phase. At least the boys are because they're five and eight. The girls are 12 and 13. So they've aged out of that kind of (laughs) yeah um so with the boys there's either a lesson in okay we have to do it whether or not we feel like it would you like mommy to decide to cookie meals when she feels like it and if that kind of theoretical thing doesn't work and they're still slumping around the kitchen refusing to chop veggies then it's okay um I don't typically like paying kids for chores but in this instance, it seems to work really well. I'm like, all right, your two cents for helping me with this goes to a sibling. Who wants to earn two pennies for doing this? And an immediate chorus of me, 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 me's. And that has <laughs> the really funny effect of the original kid. Somebody says, no, 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 wait. I don't care. I don't like it. I want that money. <laughs> give it back. Give it back. I promise I'll do it. <laughs> then I have to go do it right then and there or it'll be forfeit. <laughs> That's that's genius. And it's something like that's relatable to life. Like there's certain mm-hmm. things in your job that you don't want to do, but you get paid for it. So, you know, like it's my responsibility that I have to get it done for like the bigger yeah. picture or the greater cause. No, we're that's... just going like, how do we say there's the consequence other than, Oh, you didn't do it. You should have. Yeah. That's just words. Depending on your kid's personality, they'll just blow it off. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, what about if it was a job, you would get dinged. Mm. I remember so like it's something they care about. Yeah, totally. Um, and I remember, so I used to be a classroom teacher for 12 years and I had this thing where I was trying to make it as relatable to the real world as I could. So it was like after three strikes, if someone had a job, they wanted that job and it was like, they would get fired. And the kids were just like, we don't want to get fired. I was like, I know, 
we don't want to, but I'm like, unfortunately, like if I give you three chances and you're still not able to do the job the right way, then I have to give the job to somebody else who's going to like, you know, who wants it more, who's like willing to, to go the extra mile to like get the job done. But I think it's so cool when we can like pair real life within the home in a really fun way, but also preparing them at the same time. Like, it's not like I'm just doing this here on good. It's like, well, literally this is how the real world works. There's natural consequences in life when certain things don't get done. Um, so yeah, I, I love that so much how it's very applicable to, to real life. And um, there was something else, another blog post you had about five habits I cannot live without. And this was another one where I'm just like, yes, yes. Um, it's like planning out your week ahead of time delegating as many chores to the kids within their capabilities. And like, you're like no driving or sharp knives <laughs> clearly. <laughs> oh, um, you have repeating meals either by week or by season to streamline meal prep. And I was all about that. And you also had teaching each child in home education, how to work independently. Um, I would love to know what is that looking like for you right now? Because obviously my child is not very independent because she's four. So I know autonomy looks different with each age. Like what are some things that you're doing or have been doing with your kids to help them, um, I guess, be more autonomous and work by themselves without you around? Again, it's that kind of magic age of around eight. What I start transitioning to for the homeschooling is you read the lesson and you do the problems. It's not my responsibility to explain the lesson to you. That was the curriculum's job. So you come to me if you still can't do it after you have read the lesson, or if you've done a few of those beginner really easy problems and you still can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. Basically training them that whatever curriculum you're using, that has a lot of examples in there. They laid it all out. You try to do it and figure it out. And I am your grader. And if I see you're failing this, then I'll see if I can explain something. But <laughs> the person who wrote the book is probably really smart. So it's like, okay, they knew how to lay out the math and exactly the steps that you're going to need to take and said, these are the most crucial examples. You know, go look at this one. So it's not laid out perfectly alike, but was the same equation format. Okay, then use it on yours and go step-by-step step like they were doing. So it removes a ton of the pressure. I'm not the home educator. I am your grader. I am your tutor. It's like, oh, well, sure. I can buy a curriculum. I can make sure you got your assignments done. I can input grades. I can see, do you need supplemental help in this as if I was also your classroom aide? I'm not sitting there saying, it's my job to make sure you understand pre-algebra and chemistry and how to, well, I mean, the reading, yeah, you kind of have to teach them how to read, but anything farther on. So that makes my day a ton easier. I'm not sitting there doing school for four hours a day. I'm saying you go to your room or wherever is most comfortable, take your books with you, um, come back if you have a problem. Otherwise, uh, deposit your books right here in the checking spot. I will grade them and get them back to you. Do you feel like I'm all about, and I, I like that you said tutor. When I hear tutor, I've always thought it's like you're learning alongside of them. So it's like you're a co-learner, you're a co-pilot, you are not you are not above them in the hierarchy. It's like, we're together. Um, I'm here to, you know, aid with, you know, if there are problems or issues, but I like how you have pretty much like, if I'm stuck, like strategies, like when you're stuck, here's A, B, and C, like, can you go back and do a practice problem? Or can you go back and look at the book? Or is there something else you can do? So I think that's so important. Um, and just being in a classroom setting, allowing them to give them time to, to figure it out, 
and have steps to do that and kind of guidance with that before they're always going to you with every single problem. Cause I can see how that could be really, really, I don't want to say annoying, but just like that takes up a lot of energy and time. Like if they're coming to you with every little problem and I've noticed some kids just need wait time. Like they just need time to think about it. And then, or like when the kids are bored, it's like, they don't know what to do right away, but when they think about it and wait or take a break and come back, they're like, I got it. I figured it out. So I think that's so cool how you give them strategies to kind of like before, before mom or before, you know, the greater, like, here are some things we can do. And, you know, normalizing, normalizing that, uh, like, as you said, at the age of eight, I think that's interesting. The, the magic age is eight. I never thought about that. Because uh. you want them really confident in the reading to mm. be able to understand all the textbooks examples. So that's kind of why I picked it. That makes sense. Okay. Um, and there was something else. So you had a habit five, sorry, I stopped at four. Cause I was just I'm in like the homeschooling right now. Like, even though she's four, I say she's been learning since she came out of me. So like, she's been learning this whole time. I don't know if I want to label it or not, but we're, we're doing it at home and whatever that turns into, it is what it is, but we're excited. But, um, your fifth habit that you had is honor my own. And you said like, honor your own, sorry, honor your own signals and start working. Can you talk to me about that? Like, what are some struggles you have had in motherhood? where you maybe have been exhausted, overwhelmed, ignoring your feelings or what has been happening inside you. And then like, what, what has happened when to what to drive you to take better care of yourself and to notice that. I'm the productivity guru's favorite type of the ultra disciplined person. The downside of that is that I look at the to-do list and say, push, 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 push. It doesn't matter. It's not break time yet. And you're out of energy you still have to get through everything before you're allowed to take the break. So I lived so many years at the start of my mothering journey that way, saying, well, it didn't matter if it was one of those terrible, horrible, no good days. I have a, it's not one o'clock yet. It's not nap time yet. I'm supposed to be able to go through. And then you're just existing on fumes, and which means you're yelling at the kids and everything is the straw that breaks the camel's back many times over if someone spills or nothing goes right or you wait too long at the stoplight. And one day I was like, well, what would happen if I took the break right now and I got to the work later? All right, I'm going to have to make it up. Can't let it slide till tomorrow. I'll just see and I'll, I'll take the time I need now and go read a book or take a walk. Well, after two hours, I felt like I had so much energy. I got done those really annoying things like 10 minutes each. I was like, this would have taken me 30 minutes a piece before I took the break. So mm. I could do this anytime I feel out of energy. I can just say, all right, recharge time and it will go like at double speed afterwards. So this isn't a put tons of work on later. It's a, I'll get through it really quickly later. So Absolutely. I need to take care of myself now. It's even more efficient time-wise to do that. <laughs> I love that. Looking as rest as recharge time and thinking like, yeah, I'll, I'll charge up and I'll go faster than I would before. I think where people would rest if they thought about it that way, or they experimented more and said, Hey, this actually is really true. And they tested it out. And that's cool how you had that revelation. And then we're like, I need to honor my body more and see what happens. And I'm sure that's had a domino effect on your life of just showing up way better for your kids. I love that. Um, so I know on your, on your website and you're all about like helping moms be the, their, their, their super version mom. And to me, it's like almost a form of success. That's how I was like a success for you is like feeling like a super mom. So 
I guess, what is your definition of success in, in your, in your little world right now? Living a life that's well-grounded in three things, what I need as a person, what my kids need, and then what my husband and I need to stay connected. So basically being happy every day in the nitty gritty details of life. How do you take inventory of what you and your husband need? I'm always fascinated what um, couples do to connect and make time for like reflection and conversation. And I'm so grateful for this podcast that I do with my husband. Nick is usually not with me on the interview episodes because he works, but um, the podcast is like our opportunity to like sit down, chat about topics. Normally you don't really want to talk about like finances or goals or, you know, just reflecting on progress of certain specific things in life. So that is kind of like forced us to communicate better and to make time for ourselves and to plan like date nights and things. So I'm always fascinated. What, what do you do and how do you make time for that? Um, same as you guys, we tend to need to talk a lot. I think it's because we each share that quality time, love language. Mm. Love languages. Yes. That is one of mine too. Do yes. you guys have to have to like, and put in like your calendar intentionally, like when I'm going to talk to my husband or is it like every Saturday, like that's when we do it. Or like, what does that look like logistically? Like how you make time for it? Or is it just something that just kind of happens like naturally. logistically the whole oh let's go out and have a 30 minute coffee chat every Saturday wasn't cutting it like that was fine for maintenance but we didn't necessarily feel close so mm. what we started doing was part of designing our days turned into okay workday's done mommy and daddy get to flop too all right you kids go play or something I'm not going to force myself to start supper right away instead I'm going to say I get to have a break in between so I'm going to go flop down with him sofa on our bed and say, hey, did you hear about this on the news? Or I was thinking this and the kids did that. And then we'll just like give ourselves an hour, not a, oh, we're going to talk for 20 minutes. We're going to talk something out, but just a wide range of time, free flowing, like three times a week. And then, okay, I am an introvert, but I can talk a lot. <laughs> and that feels like everything gets good, talked over and connected. And then it feels like we're being friends. It's not just that they really running the family stuff, but it's the, oh, I heard about this. Did you ever know this? And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I know about that already. And, and you know, it's like, well, that's why I married him. You know, he's my best friend. So that's what's working really well for us is to have multiple hours a week, which I always thought sounded crazy before. But now when I frame it as, this is rest time for me in between, you know, the work and homeschooling and making supper. Well, why wouldn't I want to go sit down and talk to him? You know, it's not a to do it's a break. Mm, I love that. And you said something powerful, like before you said, when you were planning it out, it, it was maintenance, but it didn't bring us close together. And I think sometimes we get so um, intertwined in, you know, productivity mindset of like, this is when we do it. This is the time window, but we forget, like, there's so much growth and love and connection when things happen, like in the free flow, in the, in the in-between moments and the, like the unplanned time that we have for that, instead of feeling like you're forced to like chat about things and you may not be in the right mindset to even do that, which sometimes with women, I know well, I speak for myself, like my hormones could be like, you know, now's not a good time. I, this Saturday, like, I'm not feeling like really super open to chat right now. I just want to be by myself, read a book and like put me in a corner somewhere. But I, I think that's such a powerful revelation you had with your husband to like, just change the format and experiment. And now you're doing it even more often and it's longer. So that's really cool. And remembering that, like we were friends first, like how do we nurture that friendship first 
and just stay connected throughout all the chaos that happens. So I think that's, that's pretty beautiful. Um, and I, I'm not sure if this is part of your core values, but we are really big on values. I feel like values drive your life. Like they give you that direction and it makes all your other decisions in life that much easier or simplifies it to, to be like, no, that doesn't align to what we value. So it's going to be a no, thank you. So I, I'm curious, what are the core values that you and your family hold and how does that guide you in living like your most intentional life? So the way I've designed my day and then my family's day specifically is kind of goes around these five things. Number one, introversion is okay. And you should restructure your life and your commitments around that. Number two, if something feels like it's wrong or too much, remind yourself, I can change anything in my life. I can do something about this. Number three, when you notice that thing that's wrong, take action. You have to do something about it. Number four, the right choice is the lighter choice. Whatever is easier to fix this, just do that one instead of obsessing about what the perfect option would be. And number five, you have the right to say, this is too much. I can't handle something. I need to simplify it. Mm. Those are great. Great. You should like make that into a poster and just put it in your house. Do your kids know this too? I'm curious. Like, no. <laughs> No, I mean, that's, that is something I feel like that even our kids should know as well. And I think that may help streamline the little things that could happen in their life too. I guess when they're the yeah. age of eight or ready, you, right. you know, when yeah. your kids are ready, but my husband works in the industry of mental health. And he said that, um, he heard something really powerful in one of his webinars. It was like that. No, is a complete sentence. And that was powerful. How like, you don't have to justify, you don't have to give a reason, but you do have to be confident in that. When you say no, you may hurt people's feelings or they may feel a certain way, but it's not in your control. And that just saying like, when things are too much or not aligned, like say no, like it's okay. I think there's a lot of mom guilt that goes around with even saying no to our kids sometimes. But I think there's so much growth that our kids do when we show that we have boundaries and it's okay to have them and it's okay to voice them so that they know how to have those social skills as well when it comes to like voicing when things feel good or when things are like, no, this isn't right for me. Um, awesome. Okay. Um, so you keep referring to yourself as an introvert and I'm not getting that for someone who's an online business who puts out videos, who makes a podcast. I'm like, I don't understand. You need to tell me, why do you view yourself as an introvert? I may even, maybe I don't know the full definition of introvert, but please tell me, tell me why you, you, you've, you put yourself in that category. Well, I get my energy from being by myself. So, you know, I want quiet. I want to read books. I want to think, go for walks. I just like being by myself. So it actually means that this whole, you know, doing videos or podcasts was a stretch or a push for me. I would rather just write everything. Mm. But it's been a way of growth. Okay. Well, I considered myself an introvert. Too. Um, I'm definitely like, I asked my husband. So last year I had like three magical days by myself and it was so rejuvenating and I almost felt guilty. I'm like, I, but I, I asked Nick, I was like, how Nick is my husband. I was like, how can I get two or three days by myself again? I know it happened. It was like a fluke, but I really want to plan that again because it was great. And Nick was just like, totally like, we'll figure it out. We'll get it done. And he's like, I don't want three days by myself as my husband fills up on other people. And like, you know, the energy around him from just being in big crowds or with, you know, friends. And I am the same way. I fill up by myself. Um, I find I have really good thoughts when 
I am in boredom or, you know, I'm just like laying around or I have a journal or I'm reading a book. So I, I want to put myself in that category too. Um, uh, but yeah, I just, it's just like <laughs> you doing all these things. I was like, she considers herself an introvert and she's putting her so much of herself out there. I'm like, that is just, it's, it's wild. Like, what do you do to push yourself to go through that? Even though it's like really uncomfortable, like what is your drive to like do the business and like do the podcast? I, you know, what is the why behind all that? Well, the business why was to be able to simplify other moms' lives. So if anybody else is out there feeling that they're overwhelmed because they're introverted too, I don't want them to have to go through, you know, a decade or something of hurry, scurry, you know, crazy rat race and people, people, people all the time. And Mm. then the why I'm out there is then I need to have the growth mindset and be willing to take feedback. And right now the feedback I was getting was our generation doesn't want to read. They want audio or video. So like, okay, I guess I have to do something else. then. Wow. So, I mean, it's an experiment. It's in process. I would love if I didn't have to do all three mediums in the future. And I will believe that I'll get to drop one of them. But right now I need to figure out where my moms are and meet them where they're at. Hmm. I love that so much. Uh, So where do you get a sense of community and support, um, you know, living the way you do and doing things a little bit against the norm? And what helps you have that sense of like, you're not alone in this? I know you get that to other moms, but what is giving that for you um, initially and continually like now? Well, I, of course, I have my own selection of podcasts or blogs that I listen to weekly. And then I talk with my mom whenever I need help setting boundaries because she's very supportive and <laughs> kind of got me off, started off on the right foot. But yeah, I don't have my own like personal friend community. It's always a, something I'd love to have. But mm. on the flip side, if I can listen to podcasts like yours and things like that every week, does not matter that I don't personally know her phone number if I can <laughs> learn from her, you know? Oh, I like that. Um it's funny. I started my minimalism journey by listening to a podcast. I'm, I'm curious what podcasts are like usually like staples or like that you're into right now. Cause I know it can change seasonally as well. Yes. Well, I'll just go look up some of them. Um, have you heard of <laughs> Ali Casaza? Oh, I, I, I haven't listened to her in a while, but I've listened to her on my commutes to work when I was full-time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She's been a huge impetus for some of that. Um, there's a, another one called save spend splurge. So she's a little more on finances and minimalism. Mm. And then when she had a kid, then she added in some parenting. So that was just kind of a fun lifestyle thing. That wasn't floofy lifestyle because she's, you know, very into the PF blogger type. So I really enjoyed that aspect as well. Um, and I read like tons of minimalism blogs and productivity blogs you know, five or eight years ago to get started on all of this. So I've over multiple years of absorbing all that content. It's like, it's become part of me. You know, I don't, Mm. I might not have to go back and um, read all of their stuff every week now, but I had a very in-depth immersion (laughs) when I wanted to switch me like, okay, I'm not thinking I'm a minimalist. I'm going to be a minimalist. Mm. It's, it's interesting. Like I had, I still do have a lot of minimalism books. Um, I don't know if you know, Danae Barahona. I listened to simple families. Yes. I listened to her mm-hmm. a while and I got her book and I keep, that's such a beautiful book to have too. So I have that 
and jo- one of Joshua Becker's books about yes. um, clutter-free kids. So I was actually diving into it this week and I have all these things underlined, highlighted dog ears, but it's more like for my mindset, it's not like, I don't know what to do. It's more like yeah. the why, like re- remembering, like my kids don't have to have, like my kid doesn't have to have all the toys or I'm doing what's best for my kid and that's okay. And it's going to look different. And like all the reasons why it's like, all right, just got a little repriming, little rewiring back in it. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good. But it's, it's interesting. I feel like I had this deep immersion as well. And I was just like, this is amazing. And my life has gotten so much better because of all these little steps I've made. So I think it's so great that you're able to share your wisdom with other moms and give them all these little strategies to kind of help simplify their lives. I think that's beautiful. And for you going against the the stream of what feels good for you, like you don't want to, do, <laughs> you don't want to do all the platforms, but you're doing it for the bigger cause. And I think that's, that's, that's amazing that you're, you're putting all that out there for them. Um, so amongst all of this, like, how do you take care of yourself with five kids? How do you make space for your, for nourishment? And, you know, what, what does that look like in your day? Well, primarily, as I said, quiet, so time to read. <laughs> I want time away from the kids' questions, away from the chores, and a brain break for me. So I moved all of my chores to a higher energy point during the day, so not the afternoon. Mm. So I could be freed up to do what I love. So that meant streamlining the cleaning, minimizing the house. That was a big one. And then, of course, enlisting the kids in chores. So I'm doing less. I don't have like five different food prep and cleaning things on my plate. Instead, I've got like two. And specifics, that means three hours during nap time. And then in the morning before the kids get up and then in the evening after they go to bed, we have early bedtime hours. Mm. I like how you realize when your high energy points of the day are like when you feel most invigorated and using that time super wisely and intentionally. I think that's brilliant. And I've had pockets of time where I realize I'm not really motivated to clean in the morning. I'm more in the afternoon cleaner, but when it comes to thinking and writing, like writing is like definitely a morning thing for me. So it's fun to like that. You're so intentional and cognitive of like those peak times for you and planning it that way. I think that's brilliant. Um, well, I know we're running out of time here and I really want to get to the quote and where people can find you. So I'm, I love words. I'm big on quotes. So what is a quote that is resonating with you in this season of life? Oh, something that Ali Casaza always says, you were meant to be the mother of these children. Mm. I mean, how freeing is that? My values are exactly what my kids need in parenting. That's such an empowering quote. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, and so, you know, after everything we chatted about, and I know you probably have some things that if you could give one step to people, like where to start or something that would just, oh, hi, Lucille, my daughter's in here, <laughs> something that people can start to like, just having a more intentional and happier life, you know, what would that little action step be? You could always change something. Yes, you're too busy. Yes, you're stressed out. But sitting there and doing nothing is a choice too. You're choosing not to do anything about it. So next time you have a crazy day, stop and ask yourself, what would make this better, easier on me? And just do that one thing. There's always a way to change and move forward. You have every right to go the light route and not the discipline route. The light route and not the discipline route. That's powerful. That's awesome. Um, My daughter Lucille's here. I don't know if you can see her. Oh, Oh, you're eating your beef and potato and tomatoes. Lovely. Um, (laughs) All right. Um, So before Zoom kicks me off, I would just, I want people to know where to find you, where to connect with you, where to, to, 
to hire you if they need you in their lives as like this light mom wisdom in their lives. So I'm at yourinbusylife.com. There'll be a new episode podcast video every Tuesday for you. And on that website, you'll see a tab that says Mom Life Made Easy if you want to hire me to help. And then I'd also like to give you for free the Super Mom's Guide to No More Toy Pickup. So for sick of endlessly organizing the toy bins and they never stay tidy, this is what minimalism is good for. Get instant access to the guide and ditch all that hours of cleanup just before bed. You'll at least cut your tidy up time in half. It might even be a lot more. Hmm. And I don't know if you resonated with this. The one thing in minimalism books, the best way to organize is to, to, to get be rid of it. Yes. Right? Exactly. To not buy it in the first place. <laughs> like, Duh, that's genius. Like mm-hmm, um, you is. save money by not buying it. Like that's how you save money. Not by coupons, but just not getting it. But yes. Oh, so good. Well, Alyssa, this has been such a joy. Um, thank you again for reaching out and making this connection. Thank you for rubbing me, Lucille. This feels very relaxing. Um, yeah. Thank you for just taking the time and energy to do this. I know you're a busy mom, but simplifying your life and living your dream. And I, I'm just so excited to like consume more of your content and learn more from you. It's so neat to connect with other moms who are in the same similar journey and to learn from each other. So yeah, thank you for the work you're doing in the world and uh, putting your best introverted self out there. Yes. You are a motivation to us all. <laughs> You're so welcome, Jillian. All right. Well, take care and thanks so much. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for our episode here today. If you like this episode, please do us a favor and help us spread the message. You can do this by writing a review or simply by sharing this episode with a friend. And remember, sharing sparks a conversation. Conversation leads to action. And action is how we're able to live a happy and intentional as hell lifestyle. We want to thank you all for listening today, and we will see you again next week. See y'all later.